Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. I am so excited that you are with me this week because this is an episode on Christmas. And I know it's not December yet, it's November, but this is an episode that I think is gonna really encourage you as we head into this holiday season. I love the holidays, I love Thanksgiving, I love Christmas. I hate Halloween, so I'm glad that's over with. But I love so many things about Christmas. And so we're gonna talk about that with this really, really special guest. So many of you may recognize his name. Bob Lapine is with us this week, and I'm really honored to have him with us. Bob, welcome to the podcast. Yvette, it is great to be with you, and uh, I'm I'm with you. I like Thanksgiving, and I like Christmas, and I'm glad Halloween's over as well. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, I'm really, really um, looking forward to this conversation, but before we get into it, I wanna say thank you to our sponsor, CTC Math. If you guys are looking for a great online math program, Visit ctcmath.com and try them out for free, ctcmath.com. Well, it is truly an honor to be sitting here virtually with Bob Lapine. About 24 years ago, I guess it was, I was commuting to a job. It was when we were living in Southern California, and I used to work at Edwards Air Force Base. And I had about a 45-minute commute to work and, and home every single day. And every day, I would listen to... Family Life Today. And it was a radio program with Bob Lapine and Dennis Rainey. And this was before I even had kids. I was married at the time, but we didn't have any kids yet. And so I would listen to all sorts of topics on marriage and family and parenting and everything having to do with family life. And this was part of my preparation for parenthood. I, I'm one of those people who I, I read a lot of books. I listened to a lot of programs. I did a lot of things to prepare because I just knew that one day the Lord was going to bless me with a child. And I'm so glad that I did that beforehand. But Bob, you were one of those people who really had a great impact in my life and really influenced my way of thinking and just who I have become as a wife and as a mom. And so thank you for your ministry and what you've done for so long. I'm going to let you introduce yourself to our audience really quickly for those who don't know who you are. Well, first of all, you're very kind. I started with Family Life in 1992. That's when we launched Family Life Today. And it was such a privilege uh, for a period of 28 years to to serve alongside Dennis and then to work with Dave and Ann Wilson in that ministry and to try to provide practical biblical help and hope for marriages and for families. Yeah. And I have to tell you, I, I learned a ton as well because the guests we had in, the conversations we had, there were a lot of days I would leave the studio and go home to Marianne and say, okay, we need to make some changes, some adjustments. We talked about this today. We need to do this differently. So it it discipled me before it ever discipled you. But uh, it, it's been a privilege to get to meet people uh, who have been longtime listeners. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is that uh, we live in Little Rock, Arkansas. And 14, almost 15 years ago now, we helped plant a local church here, Redeemer Community Church. And I have been the primary preaching pastor at that church since the beginning. Uh, when I first sat down with with Dennis and my background in broadcasting and, and all of that, Dennis said, does does marriage and family make you weep and pound the table? I, I, I've, <laughs> I've never forgotten that question. And I said to him, you know, to the extent that marriage and family is on the heart of God, yes, it makes me weep and pound the table. But really what makes me weep and pound the table is to, for people to understand who God is, to understand the Bible, the gospel. And what I didn't realize when I gave him that answer is just how significant marriage and family is in the plan of God. I kind of saw it confined to a few chapters here and there in the Bible. And my 
my picture, my understanding of marriage and family really expanded over the time that I was with family life. But I've always loved teaching the Bible. And so we go verse by verse through our, our through the Bible at our church and the, the messages I do on Sunday. Um, I, I do that. I, I continue to work with Alistair Begg's ministry and, uh, and his broadcast. I'm involved with uh, a network called Family Radio and doing some some online work or on, on air work for them. Uh, I'm writing some books. So there, I've just got a lot of things going on. Marianne and I have been married since 1979 wow. and we are the uh, parents of five grown and married children and 10 grandchildren. That's the current number. So unless anything's changed in the last week that I don't know about. <laughs> That's so fun. I, I love uh, what the Lord is doing with you. I love to hear from people who God is just using you in so many different ways and has for your whole career, really. I mean, that's really what he's done is you've been willing to say yes. And we talk about this so much on the podcast, just ordinary people that who are willing to say yes. And God uses us to do things that we never imagined he would use us to do. And so it's so much fun. I, I love um, the ministry that you've had and how it has impacted not just myself, but I'm millions and millions of people. So thank you for what you do. Well, and I'll just say to that, I've I've talked to younger people for years, and I've said your your primary assignment in life is to figure out what your talents, gifts, passions, abilities are, analyze that, and then ask the question: How can I leverage these things for maximum kingdom impact? Yeah. So, what who's God made you to be? It's really Ephesians two ten. We're His workmanship, yeah. created in Christ Jesus for good works, which He prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. So figuring out, people would ask me from time to time, do you see yourself doing something different than family life or moving on? And I said, you know, if if some opportunity that had greater kingdom impact was to come along, I'd have to look at that because that's what I have to do. But uh, I, I was just always, have, have always been looking, how do I leverage who God made me for, for kingdom impact? And that's really that's what you're doing. That's that's the assignment for each one of us. Who did God make us to be? And then how do we deploy that to advance the work of the kingdom? Amen. And I know that you and Marianne homeschooled your kids from the beginning. And so you were instrumental in their lives in helping them to figure out who God had made them to be and how they could use those gifts and talents and abilities to impact his kingdom as well. Yeah, we, we were on this back in the uh, pioneering days. Yeah. So uh, we were listening to to focus on the family back in the 80s when Raymond and Dorothy Moore, who were yep. some of the early pioneers, were on the program, and uh, Greg Harris was on, and some of these early people ad advocating for homeschooling. And our daughter Amy was born in 1981, so about 85 or 86, we were making the decision, what are we going to do about schooling? And Marianne said, I'd, I'd like to try homeschooling. And we talked about it from a philosophical level. We went through all of the, what about socialization, all right. of the common questions that people deal with. We had to explain to my mother how we weren't a cult and, <laughs> and you know, all of the stuff that, that was going on. But, um, but, but our kids, Marianne found such great joy in being the one who taught them how to read yeah. and in watching their development and guiding their development and we were convinced and are still convinced nobody cared as much about our kids' lives and their education as we did. And right. so for, for us to be able to be the ones investing, uh, that was significant for us. But we look back on the early days of our homeschooling journey with them and wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, yeah. 
It is such a blessing. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts, and we say, this is what you do, step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents, this is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course, and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. Apologia supports homeschool families with Christ-centered K-12 homeschool curriculum designed to engage your student as they experience the awe and wonder of creation and their creator. Designed by leading scholars with a biblical worldview, Apologia's award-winning curriculum is written in a conversational tone directly to the student to encourage independence. Hands-on activities and experiments help students solidify the concepts they're exploring and build a lifelong love of learning. Visit us at Apologia.com. No one affects your child's education more than you do. Even though others may provide the courses and the supplies you need, you have the most say regarding the quality of your student's learning experience. You have a God-given calling to bring up your child to love God and to steward His creation. The people at BJU Press do everything they can to help you be successful in that endeavor. Visit their website at BJUPressHomeschool.com or call 1-800-845-5731 to speak with an experienced homeschool consultant. We are back with Bob. And you know, it's funny because I want to say earlier when you were just talking about the ministry and the things that you've done and having been on Family Life and how you learned so much by being on that radio show, and you would go home and you would say to Marianne, you know, oh, we need to change this or we need to do this. That is my life. That is my world with the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. It's so, it's so funny because I always listen to the podcast after it's edited. And I actually listen to it with the rest of the world after it is, you know, up on um, iTunes and, and on all the platforms. I listen to it like a regular person listens. And it's not because I want to hear myself, but because it's like I'm hearing it for the first time ever. Because when I'm in the middle of a conversation, I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about recording and all the other things that go along with making this conversation happen, which is super fun. But then listening to it on the other side of it, I'm like, wow, that was a really good point that that guest just made. And so I, I love learning from the guests that God has brought to us, yourself included. And so this week, we are going to talk about Christmas. And as I said earlier, this is one of my favorite times of the year. I have been agonizing for months over where I'm going to put our Christmas tree this year because we got some new bookcases in our living room that take up the space where our Christmas tree was last year. And I literally just sit in my living room. I'm like, where are we going to put the Christmas tree? I have no idea. (laughs) We will figure it out, I'm sure. (laughs) But, um, you know, a few more weeks until we get to do that. But as we're heading into this Christmas season, um, you know, there are so many different emotions that people feel. Some people are excited. Some people are depressed. Some people don't even know what emotions they're feeling. They're just kind of in in a funk all around. Right. Um, and it depends on the season in your life. And so you have recently um, published a book, released a book called Four Emotions of Christmas. And I saw you post this several months ago on Facebook and I was like, oh, that looks amazing. And so you sent me a copy of it. And it's been so great just flipping through the book and just seeing um, you know, what the Lord has shown you as you have observed Christian families and non-Christian families during this Christmas season. And so I would love for you to tell us a little bit about the book 
And, you know, why, I mean, why, why does Christmas even matter? Why do we need to even talk about this topic? Well, let, let me just pull back from the, and give you the big picture. My sure. goal for this book was to provide your listeners, people in our church, people who know the Lord and who have a perspective on Christmas that the rest of the culture doesn't have. I wanted to provide all of us with a tool that we could use to try to make Christmas a super spreader event this year. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I think Christmas is one of the times of the year when we have an opportunity to engage people around spiritual conversations that we don't normally get to engage folks in. And and it, it's less threatening. It's Christmas. So you can talk about the holiday, about the reason for the holiday. You can talk about Jesus more easily during this season. And in writing this book, um, I, I wanted, it's a short book. It's about 60 pages long yeah. and it's, it's a short trim size for the book. So it's, it's really kind of like a, a giant Christmas card or a giant track, but, but the goal is for people to buy five or 10 or 15 or, or really what I, what I'd love, what we're doing at our church, we're buying a quantity of them, about 500 of them, and then letting people in our church get them if you buy them for, if you buy 500, I think we're getting them for $2 each. So oh. we'll let everybody in the church pick up as many as they want. Some people are going to put them in their, their businesses and say free, mm -hmm. take one. Some are going to give them out as a gift to neighbors or to coworkers with a plate of cookies and a note that says, we'd love you to join us for our Christmas Eve service at church. Yeah. I, I, I'm really hoping this book will be the kind of engagement that we can have at Christmas so that we can um, not just revel in the joy of the holiday ourselves, but mm -hmm. so that we can be a conduit to others. Because here's here's what's unique about Christmas. You ask somebody uh, who is an adult, ask them, tell me about your childhood. And many of them will share, if they're going to share specific memories, they will share about vacations or about holidays. Yeah. There is something about how we do holidays as a family that marks us in a in a significant way. And so many of our memories from childhood go back to special occasions, Christmases, holidays. And, and so we get to adulthood and we're headed into the Christmas season and we're thinking, this is a this is a magical season. And you know, I'm using that word in a in a colloquial sense. There's nothing really magical. But right. we expect we expect the Christmas season to deliver something, something special to, to lift our spirits. Mm -hmm. And then for many of us, we get into the Christmas season and instead of our spirits being lifted, we're stressed out or we're sad, or we have expectations that go unmet. Right. And I thought in this book, if I could, if I could unpack some of those emotions and say, the emotion we're all looking for at Christmas is joy but we're experiencing stress or sadness or unmet expectations, mm -hmm. maybe we should stop and consider, is there a spiritual root here that the reason we're sad is because there's there's something missing in the spiritual part of our lives? I'm just right. hoping to awaken that idea in the lives of people who are going through the motions at Christmas and a little overwhelmed by it all, and maybe begin some gospel conversations as a result. Yeah, I love it. So, Let's talk, let's kind of start on that um, topic of just disappointment, because I know that that is something that man, so many people get into the season and 
you've got the people like me who just love it. Like, I can't wait to get my Christmas stuff up. I can't wait to go look at Christmas lights. I can't wait to go to the different, you know, little Christmas festivals and all that stuff. I, I love doing those things. And I also love just Christmas itself. I love everything that it represents. And I'm not talking about Santa Claus. We don't actually, right. we've never done Santa Claus with our kids. We've always celebrated Christmas as the birth of Jesus. But that's part of the thing is that I love that it's a holiday that represents something so incredible, followed by Easter that represents something even more incredible than Christmas. Because without Easter, of course, Christmas wouldn't matter at all. Right, right. But I I love the celebration and the family and everything that goes along with it. But man, so many people, like you said, just find themselves disappointed and stressed out. And so let's talk to those people and, and, and how we, you know, even people like myself who love the holiday season can help reach the hearts of people who don't love it as much. Yeah, I think we head into the holiday. The whole idea of, of disappointment really is because we head into the holiday expecting it to deliver mm-hmm. um, more than than maybe we should be expecting. We we load onto our celebration of Christmas um, all of these expectations. Relationships that have been out of kilter are suddenly going to go right at Christmas. At least that's our hope. Uh, or, or the, when we go and see the lights, it's going to, it's going to move us at an emotional level. And, and, and so when we start to go through the events of the holiday, whether it's gift giving or, uh, parties and celebrations or whatever your Christmas traditions are, we, we, we go at that, those traditions with a hidden expectation that this is going to satisfy something in me that I'm longing for, that it's going it, to, it's going to be emotionally meaningful, that it's going to be relationally uh, strong. And then you go see the lights and you go home and go, okay, that was nice, but it didn't, it didn't really deliver the way I right. thought it would. Right. Or you, you plan for a big party and at the end of the party, everybody goes home and you go, uh, that didn't work out the way I was hoping or, or, a family member comes at Christmas and instead of harmony, there's disharmony and yeah. somebody brings up politics or they, you know, <laughs> they bring up whatever. And all of a sudden what, what you've been longing for uh, goes unmet. And you think, why, why is my Christmas season not delivering the way I thought it would? Mm-hmm. I, I remember as a kid, um, all of the things I'd, I'd had weeks where I was hoping and wishing and wanting particular toys to be under the tree, right? And so it's Christmas morning and you dive in and you start to open the presents and there they are. The thing your heart has been hoping for ever since you saw the ads during the cartoons on Saturday morning and you tear the wrapping paper off and you go, this is what I wanted. And then it's Christmas afternoon and you played with it for about an hour and you go, that didn't deliver what I thought it was going to deliver. It didn't. I, I thought this would be endless happiness Right, and instead, it's I'm I'm a little bored now, um, and and I just remember that that letdown of of thinking, I was I was putting my my hope for joy in the wrong place. I thought mm-hmm. the thing would bring me joy, or the event right. would bring me joy, or the experience of something else would bring me joy, and and really in the book, what I'm I'm hoping people will see is that if that's what you're hoping is your source of joy you've really missed the fact that there's a spiritual route to joy and you're not mm. going to find it in in activities or in stuff. Yeah, yep. 
Well, let's talk about that more on Wednesday. We are out of time, but we'll be back on Wednesday with Bob. We're going to continue talking about Christmas and how we can just make this a different season for us and for those around us and just be able to reach others with the gospel through this Christmas season. Thank you so much, Bob, for being with us. Where can people find out more about you? They can, uh, probably the best thing is to go to our, our church website, which is redeemerlr.org. Uh, that's that's really uh, the kind of the center of my life at, at this point. And of course, the books are available wherever you get books. Okay, sounds great. We'll put links to those in the show notes. Thanks so much for joining us today. We'll see you guys back here on Wednesday. Bye. Over the past six years, you, the Christian homeschool community, have provided generous support to the Schoolhouse Rocked ministry, and it's had an enormous impact for the kingdom of God. Recently, we've spent some time taking inventory of what's been accomplished in this time because of your generous support. As you know, Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution was released in November and is now available on DVD and streaming. And we've been blessed to hear the testimonies of how God is using it to impact families around the world. This show, The Schoolhouse Rocked Podcast, is in its fifth season with well over a million downloads and video views so far. We also launched the Homeschool Insights Podcast this year. This daily podcast provides biblical homeschool encouragement in under 10 minutes for moms on the move. We also offer the free Homeschool Survival Kit, a 70-page resource to assist and encourage homeschooling families. And we continue to offer access to the Homegrown Generation Family Expo. Now, we are in the early stages of work on a new movie, and we need your help. While we can't give many details yet, we expect this new film to have a huge impact in our culture. But projects like this simply can't be done without massive support from the community. So we're asking you to join in this important work. Visit schoolhouserocked.com support and make a one-time or monthly donation that will change lives and hearts for eternity. That's schoolhouserocked.com support.